and now it's time for Pastor's Middle Kids Movie Reviews. Oh yeah! I'll be back. With great power comes great responsibility. Hello there. You had me at hello. Welcome to yet another movie review on Pastor's Middle Kid. My name is Ryan Luke and it's great to have you listening. Today I will be reviewing the movie Beauty and the Beast, the 2017 movie. Little town, it's a quiet village. Every day, like the one before. Little town, full of Waking up to say Bonjour! 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 This was, I believe, Disney's second uh, Disney Princess adaptation to the live action form. Maybe I should say live musical. I'm not really sure what the technical classification is on that. However, it was a Disney princess cartoon originally. Now, myself not being a girl, um, and if that is too much of a stereotype, let's say my sister not being that into Disney princess movies uh, led to my family not really growing up with them. And I have three brothers and only one sister, and she grew up a lot of the time having similar movie interests to us until she got to her teens and she started watching a lot of Amanda Bynes movies. But... Growing up, I didn't see the uh, the hand-drawn cartoon Beauty and the Beast. And I had no idea uh, what any of the songs sound like either, would you believe it? I, I didn't know about the storyline at all, other than there was this beast. And probably by the end of the movie, he'd probably kiss the princess and then he'd turn into a man and they'd live happily ever after because that's a fairly typical Disney princess uh, storyline. But a couple of years ago, uh, one of my friends here at YM Newcastle made me watch the movie. And now I say made me, but I, I believe I chose to. They may have given me a couple of options or maybe they nagged me to the point where I simply had to do it. Regardless, I watched the hand-drawn cartoon a couple of years ago and honestly, I can say I was not impressed at all Um, now if that offends you I'm sorry try and see this from my perspective I didn't grow up with it so I had a lot more of an objective um, view of the thing not having the childhood nostalgia associated with it and I believe that is what Disney was going for this time around they were going for nostalgia and so many people so many people that I know Uh, in YOM and outside of YOM were frothing at the bit for this movie because they grew up with it and they absolutely loved it growing up. So you'd think by the time they were old enough and stuff to to see this movie that they would enjoy it. And sure enough, most of them did. There have been some people that saw the cartoon when they were kids or even in their teens that saw this movie that I know that have said they didn't really enjoy it. And I completely understand why. Anyway, 
back to the storyline, if you don't know it, then, well, maybe you could watch the cartoon before you watch the, the live person one. Nevertheless, it is basically the same, so if you don't really want to have the live person one spoiled, then maybe just go into it uh, without having watched the cartoon. I've always found it quite difficult to connect with Disney princesses. Um, first of all, given that they're usually very positive people, I'm not saying I'm not positive, but I don't necessarily open up the curtains in the morning singing some kind of enchanting song that draws birds to me that land on my arms and I can sing back and forth with them, uh, as in the case of Snow White. There's also been something at the very core of, of these fairy tales that kind of unnerves me a little bit. Like in the case of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, it, it just feels a little bit weird that there's seven dwarves with with this one girl who's apparently a princess, but she doesn't know it and blah, blah, blah. There's always something weird that happens, something magical. But of course, that is part of the charm of these of these films, these stories. So I understand where people are coming from when they enjoy them. And I wouldn't say I don't enjoy them, but I don't really have a love, a passion for these stories. So going into this movie that I have seen in the theaters one time and heard the soundtrack of many, many times, not at my own choosing, but because there are plenty of people that I live with that are obsessed with the soundtrack. I can say that this movie was, it was enjoyable. I feel like I got to the end of it and I felt satisfied that there was resolution, but that's that's probably just me trying to be a little bit optimistic. And as I said in the last movie review, I don't really watch movies that I think I won't feel better after watching. Um, so most of the time I probably won't give a a movie on on these uh, on these review episodes less than five or six maybe my scale should have just been one to three or one to four nevertheless I felt good at the end of this movie there were moments in it where there was some some tension and that was really good um, it definitely helped the story to move along it is a story of a girl named Belle who really likes books that I'm sure is a relatable point for some people. I enjoy books, however, it takes me so long to read books that I only pick books that I know I'll feel good after reading, much like movies. So I don't necessarily read that many books and I don't really choose to live inside a book as opposed to real life. So immediately there was a point of disconnection with the main character for me. Um, also, it was a girl, and she was talking about marrying some handsome man, and that is another point that I did not relate to. So, uh, two strikes immediately within the first opening number. Now, it was good to see Emma Watson as Belle. I think she played the, the part quite well. And because I am rather a dramatic person, and also I am a musician and a, uh, a lyricist, I usually enjoy musicals that I watch, so I was I was quite happy with the music in this one. The numbers were were very good. Character-wise, uh, something about Gaston just 
it just gets me all. Uh, how did I hear this on when Here Comes the Boom? Uh, it gets me all clenched in a tight spot, and I don't really know what that means. But that's kind of how I feel about Gaston. You know, I just don't really know how he how he makes me feel, but it's not really that good. And I think that's that's the point because he's meant to be this character that's kind of he's into Belle. Belle's not really into him. In fact, she's actively not into him and that kind of makes him want her even more and then it gets right to the end you realize that he's kind of the main villain of this thing it's quite a good character that way that it has some tension right at the beginning and that tension only gets worse as it progresses even though there are moments where you think that this character is going to straighten out he remains uh crooked and and gaston like no as Gaston, no one's quick as Gaston, no one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston, but there's no man in town if it's manly. Now there was quite a bit of controversy, particularly within the Christian sphere, uh, going into this movie because Disney introduced a homosexual character um, into this film and there was quite a lot of ambiguity in the hand-drawn cartoon about uh, the reason that Lafoe hung out with Gaston. He's the he's the lackey of the the main bad dude and in the the cartoon I remember thinking well it's, it's just like the it's like the friend that goes along with the bully on the, the playground, you know? It's the one that he's friends with the, the guy that can get what he wants, probably for his own gain, but also out of fear, um, kind of held under under the, the iron fist type of thing. But in this live adaptation, Disney made it quite clear in a couple of small ways that the character of Lafoe was not only randomly American when the rest of them were speaking with English accents and he apparently didn't know French which was weird because it was based in France uh, but he was also gay. I was a little bit unsure how how that would uh, play out in the the course of the film because of such an uproar on social media and and even in in other real life places as well. Uh, before I saw this film. At the end of it, yes, there were definitely a few moments where I went, eh, that was not really necessary and it feels a little bit agenda-driven, but for the most part, it it didn't really have much bearing on... Well, it didn't have any bearing on the story whatsoever, and when it was introduced, it seemed a little bit unnecessary. But also, the character... Like I said, he just confused me. There was just many things about the character of Lafoe that I just wasn't really sure about. The most prominent, I think, being that he was American. That was just weird. Anyway, back to the story. Most of the sequences within the Castle of the Beast, I thought were quite good. Um, and having the, the father uh, involved in the story a little bit more than he was in the cartoon was also good. That meant there was a little less of uh, some loose ends um, at the end of this thing. But also the the sorceress or the witch or whatever her name was, she was just strange. I understand the the enchantress type of uh, motif, how they introduce her at the beginning. She casts a spell on this dude and 
then that's the reason that things get set in motion. But the fact that she came back at the end and did some hocus pocus that fixed everything after the final pedal fell was just a little bit strange to me. And like I said uh, before with Lafoe, it felt unnecessary because in my opinion, I think the hand-drawn cartoon did that just fine with leaving the Enchantress out of it. But of course, with the reveal of, of who she is, you notice her in a few different places throughout the film going up to that point. The different servants of of the master, some of them were, were quite good. I particularly enjoyed Lumiere and Cogsworth. They had the uh, the familiar banter from the cartoon and that was, that was great to see and they were very funny. Uh, the song Be Our Guest was weird and abstract and kind of surreal and I think that's what they were going for, so good on them, I guess. Be our guest, be our guest, put ourselves to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Sherry, and we'll provide the rest. Soup to shore, hot or dove, why we only live to serve. Try the grey stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me, ask the dishes. Now, Mrs. Potts, the, the teapot, her voice, her Cockney accent was, at times, yes, it felt kind of motherly and comforting, sure, but the fact that she was the one that sang Taylor's Oldest Time, it just felt really in your face. And it wasn't a very pleasing accent to have this, this famous number sung by, um, in my opinion. I didn't really enjoy that. I think if her accent was a little more upper class and less cockney, I think I think I would have enjoyed that more. Uh, nevertheless, the the different interactions between the servants I thought were were quite good for the most part. All in all, I thought it was a a reasonable movie, and uh, as somebody that didn't enjoy the the cartoon that much, I think it was better, um, or at least I. Uh, there were elements of it that I think were really improved upon from the hand-drawn cartoons. I just don't really have a thing for those hand-drawn cartoons, you know? Um, there were only a couple that we actually grew up watching in my house, like The Lion King. For the most part, I felt like hand-drawn cartoons are usually quite rushed along. They're only around an hour long, and they leave out plot points and stuff just to to get to the end so that they keep the kids' attention. They include the most dramatic and... Uh, important parts and leave out some of the small details and this movie did a good job filling in those details like with the the mother dying and the reason the father was going about things the way he was in the first place. I'm honestly just not a very big fan of this story so I couldn't really give it a very high number uh, on the PMK movie rating scale but I'll, I'll give it a seven and that's because it was a well done movie and the music was very good. It was worked in quite well. Some of the character developments and interactions were enjoyable. Um, some jokes were good. There were quite a few moments where it left me going, uh, I either don't think that's necessary or that's just weird. My own personal prejudice, I think, uh, takes it down a few notches, but I I can acknowledge a well-done movie when I see one, and this was one. So I gave it a 7, and I think it would be okay. Uh, 
to to watch this with with the family any of the the little gay moments will probably go over the kids heads for the most part but there is definitely some uh some prayerful discretion needed um on that front if you were to watch this with your kids but you may not have anything against it and that's entirely up to you so i'm not exactly the authority on this it was enjoyable if you watched it when you were younger you should enjoy it if you didn't watch it when you were younger you might enjoy it um, chances are you'll leave the theater singing one of the the main songs and that's always a plus having seen a musical so that was my review of beauty and the beast the 2017 release from disney studios i have been and will continue to be ryan luke hopefully you'll tune in next time uru tale as old as time true as it can be barely even friends then somebody bends unexpectedly just a little change small to say the least both a little scared neither one